Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast for cozy introverts. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, Mental Health Stigma. Hi, Megan. Hey, Steffi. How's it going? Um, I would like to say something weird about bathroom situations. <laughs> Nothing gross. I didn't. I was not sure where you were going, but it's nothing gross. Please continue. So, uh, we have two bathrooms in this house. Yes. For people, so obviously we, you know, share bathrooms. Yes. Every time I go into the bathroom, um, off of the bathroom that's off of my office, uh huh, the soap is moved further away from the sink. That's and weird. every time I move it back to right next to the sink, because obviously you need the soap right next to the sink. Mm-hmm. But apparently everyone else in my house loves <laughs> getting water all over the counter every time they wash their hands. Or you have a really persistent ghost. That is entirely possible. <laughs> the house is very old. Uh, <laughs> But they wouldn't but like, know what hand soap was, so like, why would they know to move it and annoy me? Know? That's because they're like, "What the fuck is this thing? I don't like this thing. What is this thing next to the sink? This is absurd." That is possible. However, it's probably one sure of the three the life people males that live in your house. Yes. <laughs> so or instead, all three. there's just, there's just water all over the counter all the time. Mm. I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> You've been holding that in since last week, haven't you? Uh, no, it's only been over the weekend, and then today, I was just like, again? I'm moving in again? Just all of a sudden, just pent yeah. up. You're like, yeah. ah! The soap! Yeah. The hand soap! Look, I've spent a lot of time with these people over the past... Eight months. Eight months. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of time with your family. It's really starting to... Just get right in there. <laughs> You've learned a lot of things about them, I feel. Yes. Like, that yeah, is you, true. You've lived with them all of these years, but there's really something different about being with them. All I also time. have another I have another side story about them is yes. that so when we had the carpeting pulled put in, we had to take everything out of the kids' rooms mm-hmm. and so gathered up all the stuff and put it in other places and then we were after it was installed, we put everything back. Mm-hmm. And then over the weekend, Bob was like, have you seen this uh, DS, uh, Nintendo DS video game box for this thing? Because apparently that's where Reese put his money. Oh, no. Because he doesn't have a wallet anymore because he is a, 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 a teenager. So the wallet <laughs> he had was not cool anymore. So he doesn't have a wallet. Sure. So his money was just in this DS box. Oh, no. For some reason. And it wasn't in the box of things that we had taken out of his room, apparently, to put away or whatever. So we've been looking all over the house for this stupid game box to find his money because he has a lot of money in there. Yeah, your kids tend to, like, squirrel away their dollars. Yes, he has, like, probably, like... Almost two hundred dollars in there. Dang! Because um, he also got some for his birthday too, so he's just been collecting it. And think about loans. 
they'll probably never spend it. It's he's they're very weird about money. But he's been we, we were looking for it and looking for it and I was I looked through everything today. I was just driving me crazy because I wanted to find it because that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I went through every room upstairs. And I went through boxes in the basement. And then Reese finally comes down. And he's like, I found it. And I was oh, like, God. you did. And he goes. It was really obvious, wasn't it? No, it was in the bathroom. What? Yeah, it was in one of the drawers in the bathroom. Because he said to himself, this is a really good spot where people will not find it. I mean, I guess he was right. He was definitely right. <laughs> to be fair to him, he, he was, was very right. concerned that the cl- that the carpet installers were gonna like Take find this DS box and steal all of his money. Apparently, <laughs> so he put it in a place where he couldn't find it and not with all of his other stuff. Oh, so so the kid needs a wallet first of all. That's what I'm. <laughs> Yes, he needs a wallet. Maybe so I know what he's getting for Christmas. Should spend some of his money, first of all, to buy a wallet. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's, let's fix our money storage solution. Yeah. Mm. So then I said, you should find a better place to put this. And he said, okay. And I have no idea where he put it now, but... Hopefully he remembers. It's probably in a book or something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe on his phone or some shit. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> In his pillowcase. I don't know. I don't anyway. Know. It's like a little, it's like, he's like those little people, little old people that grew up during the depression and they just kept like stacks of cash under their mattresses. Like this is Reese. Apparently. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure what the deal is. Max actually spends his, he just bought a toy this weekend because he saw it in the Target Aww. catalog and he said, I want that toy. I'm going to go to, let's go to Target so I can buy it. I was like, oh, okay. He's such a little but man child, and I just you, love him. You you have so much to look forward to. Even as, older. as they get older. Yeah. Yeah, right now. So easy right now. Well, right now we're struggling with the time change. So that's been really interesting. Like, I knew it was going to be a struggle. But, yeah, it's a, it, the time change was a struggle. <laughs> It's a, the last couple of days have been long. Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. No. I think now it, they're it, like uh, ready for bed and I'm like, mm, like seven. Like my kids were fine with the time change this week, this year. So they're finally old enough right. where it hasn't been horrible. Six, six and a half more years. All right. Yeah. All right. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> But this is the good direction. Spring is worse. So oh, yeah, I, she was so little when in the spring when we f- sprung forward or whatever. Like it didn't make a difference because she was up every two or three hours anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is the one I was like, oh okay, all right. This is so somebody nasty decided to put the time change, Halloween, full moon, election, like all within the same week. Totally fine. I was a Republican. They made that choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> we talk a lot about mental health on this podcast. Uh, one of our very first episodes was about anxiety, and we circle back to mental health in general quite a lot around here, if you've noticed. Mm, but just a little bit. <laughs> we, also, we also know that talking about mental health has not always been acceptable, and there's still quite a stigma associated with the topic. To assist as we unpack this, we are joined today by our friend and, hey, another co-worker, Alex Roth. 
Hello, ladies. Hey, Alex. Hi. So, Alex, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll start off by saying um, I live in the Twin Cities of Minnesota with my dog, Hodor, and my cat, Salem. Uh, I do prefer to stay in. Uh, super important. Uh, feels like a little bit less of a treat these days for some reason. Don't know why that is. Um, it's shocking. But, uh, yeah, uh, I am by no means an expert on mental health stigma, but I'm super happy to talk about how mental illness has played a role in my life. Yeah, so as much as you feel comfortable diving into that, can you Mm -hmm. tell us about your mental health journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so growing up, I was super anxious about a lot of things, even as a uh, child, uh, I remember one time when I was six or seven, I was in my bedroom at night and I was like crying and my mom came in and she's, you know, trying to figure out what's going on, ask me what's wrong. And I said something along the lines of, uh, I'm, I'm going to die someday. Um, oh. and <laughs> it launched into a full monologue, uh, that theater kid Alex was probably very proud of, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, God bless my mother for However, she diffused that situation because I don't <laughs> I'm know sure what that's I... not what she was expecting either. Like you walk in <laughs> and you're like, "Hun, like your six year old, like, honey, what's wrong?" And they're like, "I'm gonna die someday." You're like, "Oh, oh, okay." It's that kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if I if a kid were to say that to me, I would just be like, "Yeah, you and me both, we're both kind of riding this out." <laughs> I don't know either. Rock and cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, as a kid, definitely a little bit more anxious than is typical, I think. Um, And another thing that contributed to that, uh, once I started getting a little bit older, and I realized my my sexuality um, as a a gay non-binary person, um, I had a lot of anxieties about whether I belonged in the world and how my family would take that sort of news. And if I had to grow up and marry a woman, uh, which like love women, not for me. It's fine. We're not offended. Yeah. uh, I'm glad. (laughs) We love you, but we're not offended. (laughs) There'd be some pretty weird energy in here if you were. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of just different factors that were going on that just uh, really fueled that anxiety. And, um, I was growing up in North Dakota, which is a very conservative area. Um, And, you know, there's so many unknowns in that, that you play out every scenario in your head and you just get so used to that. Um, Luckily, when I came out, it was pretty well received. But at that point, it really exacerbated my anxiety and depression to the point where I was physically getting ill. Um, I was actually starting to go to doctors. I was in the hospital and ER for uh, stomach pain and GI issues. And it wasn't until a couple of years later when I was out of that situation that I realized it was really my anxiety and depression that were playing into that. But it got so bad to the point where I dropped out of high school, um, which then as somebody with anxiety and depression and not a great self-image, you're now also a high school dropout, which is something that is also stigmatized in this nation. Sure. And it, it just kind of created this feedback loop. Um, 
very fortunate that around the time that I was 18, uh, I realized I needed some help and I reached out to, uh, really whatever psychiatrist and psychologist my, uh, insurance would cover at that point. Sure. Um, but I was able to, to get matched up with some people who ended up really being the best people that could have been there in that time of my life. Um, and, and over the years through a lot of just trial and error of different medications and some cognitive behavioral therapy and medication that, uh, which I already said, um, <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes you just need a little extra dose. Yeah. Well, <laughs> these days, especially, mm-hmm. um, but, but through all of that, I was, I was able to really get a handle on my anxiety and my depression and, and, uh, a little bit of OCD mixed in there for uh, good measure. Just a little sprinkling. Mm-hmm. Just fold in the OCD. Fold <laughs> in the cheese. Uh, so something that we actually touched, in, touched on in our episode this past week about birth control is that access to or the barriers to access to birth control affects way more areas of your life than you might initially think on the surface. And I think the same can be said about the stigma toward mental health, um, that, that this stigma can really affect many aspects of your life. So what, in what ways have you felt the effects of mental health stigma throughout your life? Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of where that stigma came from was just the the media around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you never really saw anxiety or depression well represented in media, at least um, not as somebody who is functioning with those illnesses. A lot of times you would see things played up um, or you would see references in media to people who would talk about antidepressants and they'd be like, oh, they're changing who, who I am. And like painting them in a really negative light, which like in reality, that's their job. They're supposed to help change who you are because who you are is really not coping well with the world. Mm -hmm. But um, with without really seeing that representation in media or or in my day to day life, um, it, it made for a really difficult time of knowing when it was time to reach out for somebody. Um, even in my own family, you know, anytime there was somebody that had mental health issues, it was something that was spoken about as if there was some shame attached to it. And I feel like, I do feel like it it is important to also note that, like, as you said, you, you, I mean, you really, like, you were dealing with mental health stigma, but then you were also dealing with the stigma of growing up gay in, in a very conservative area of the United States, and... So, and I I would imagine that those two things, you know, very much, like you said, like played into each other and fed off of each other and are, have probably been enmeshed in ways that are hard to distinguish from each other in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's a really good point. Um, And, and you're absolutely right. There's no representation of, of 
myself or not a lot of places that I can see myself. And um, when you're a teenager, you spend so much time worrying about whether you have a place in the world that it's really easy to get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking back to when we had our friend Caleb on, mm-hmm. and he was talking about um, sexuality in general, and there's certain stigmas uh, within the LGBTQ community um, between different kinds of sexuality, even. Mm-hmm. And that also m- makes us wonder if there is um, a certain stigma within the LGBTQ community toward mental health struggles as well, like inside your inside that community or is it you think you're mostly seeing it from outside the community where people are like oh well they're gay and so of course they're like also struggling with depression and just they're so another thing about them being broken yeah something like that or do you think it's on on all sides yeah um yeah i mean the the gay community as you mentioned and caleb mentioned has its own fair share of issues that uh, you would really think we're, we could figure out. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> mm-hmm. racism and even internalized homophobia among people who are queer, but um, this is one area where, and this might just be like me being optimistic, but I feel like LGBTQ plus people are a lot more empathetic towards people who are having mental health struggles. Um, and, and I think... A lot of that just comes from how growing up LGBTQ, or rather, how growing up as as a queer person, um, you're put through so much. Uh, there are a lot of people, even in 2020, who aren't accepted by their families, and, and that alone can really weigh hard on someone. Um, and especially at, for, for trans folks who are 10 times more likely to die by suicide compared to the national average. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with just how much hurt people go through, we are so used to having to find our own family and, and to have to find people who who can understand us and empathize with us that I think we are a little bit more open to talking about mental health issues. Um, it, it's not really something that I have ever been made to feel less as a person for. Um, It's definitely something that when I started out dating, I I felt that might play against me, but Mm -hmm. uh, so far I'm lucky to not have really met somebody. That being said, there are terrible people no matter where you go in the world. So (laughs) That is true. It is very true. That is very true. Um, but I, I, I think that it's nice to hear that at least in your experience that the that's a community that is very supportive um, of you know what what everybody's going going. Uh, I don't know where that sentence was going. But <laughs> <laughs> of the struggles that everyone is having um, with their mental health. Yeah. So I think um, um, yeah. also just like part of part of the reason that people are. A little bit more open to talking about it in the community is because we spent so much time of our lives so much time of just hiding something or not saying something or keeping something bottled up 
that like there's almost this effect that when you first start coming out that you just can't there's no filter you just mm-hmm. keep going so you share like everything shake and coke bottle yeah absolutely like, you take the lid off it's just like Pow! yeah yeah like i'm gay and also i really struggle with mental illness and depression and anxiety and so maybe we should come together as a community and talk about that i don't know i know we're all really really busy we can talk about this later but i just wanted to share that about myself also uh i don't know where else i was gonna go with that <laughs> any any direction it yeah any direction. also i love hallmark movies oh god yeah. i'm so glad somebody finally said it it's just out there <laughs> We have to talk about it. Um, so, so we've talked a lot, but for real, we, we do have to talk about that. So we've talked a lot about the presence of the stigma and the problems it causes, but I think there, I think there is starting to be a shift towards being more open about mental health, and I think there is an effort to destigmatize it. Um, do you think this is true, or do you think this is? this positive shift is still pretty exclusive to specific groups or perhaps areas of the internet. Like are, is my perspective being swayed by the areas where I reside sort of both in my personal communities and the air inter- areas of the internet where I reside or no, I, this is a universal thing. I, I think it is absolutely a universal thing. And I, I think that the, the most apparent way that it's, starting to be destigmatized is that it is something that is actually explored in our media as mm-hmm. a way of of just representing people who are thriving with mental illness and sometimes struggling but um i you you start to see shows that are willing to explore these things uh i i remember actually when i was watching scrubs uh and they were talking about postpartum depression and and carla on that show was Mm -hmm. struggling with it and i think that that was kind of the start when that was allowed to be talked about Mm -hmm. and now through the years you're seeing a lot of exploration of these um these these different kinds of people and, and what they're struggling with um, and then, I mean, like you said, online communities, people are super open about, you know, oh, I was talking to my therapist and she said this the other day. Mm-hmm. Or um, there's there's also discussions about what living with depression is like and running out of spoons. I don't know if that's something. You've, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Can we explain that for anyone that doesn't know, isn't familiar with that? The the idea is that you only have so many spoons on any given day, and there are certain days where you might have more spoons and certain days where you have less spoons. Uh, and there are just certain days where you run out of spoons and you just can't get something done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be, that might have been like edited and that it might have originally just been fucks. <laughs> and then you're out of fucks to give. And so you climb into bed and you take a nap and you're not any less of a person for that you're just out of fucks to give right um but i mean even even just people talking about what medication they're on Mm um i mean i there's definitely still a ton more work to do but like now compared to even 10 years ago it's it's not something that's hiding in the shadows of society we're seeing people who are talking about uh PTSD and and how it's affecting our veterans. You're seeing people talking about how PTSD is affecting uh, healthcare workers in COVID. Mm-hmm. 
And I think there's just so much more visibility that if this had been around when I was younger, I maybe would have been able to get some help sooner. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm even, like, I'm sitting here thinking about, like, you know, the show Friends and how, like, none of the things that we want to destigmatize were discussed on that show. But, like, it, if you actually go back and watch it, it's, like, actually kind of terrible. Um, versus shows that are on now, like, for fuck's sake, like, the good place dives into so many conversations um that never would have been on tv 10 years ago yeah or 15 or 20 years ago um you know when when we were growing up and so i i think that's right it's we've we've sort of turned this corner and are starting to address so many different things with our media and that's such a sort of just baseline place where people can feel accepted or not. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it it almost makes for better media because it's something that more people can relate to and uh it it, it ends up even having a healing effect on some people mm-hmm. just by being mm-hmm. able to see their struggles represented and and people healing through those it can it can be healing for people who have those absolutely one of the things that i've still noticed though is that even though there are definitely more depictions of of mental illness and struggles and people are being more open with it i see so many people on twitter and instagram like sharing what they're going through at the same time, I am. I feel like I'm also seeing, uh, like, I guess it, I guess it's the f- the false concern kind of thought where people like want to know how you're doing, mm. but also they don't actually. Mm-hmm. Right. So, what are things? I mean, I feel like those of us who struggle with these things, we're already we're already doing a lot of the heavy lifting here to try and destigmatize it while also dealing with the actual struggles. Mm-hmm. How can we help those people understand better on their own? Yeah. I I mean, I think to start, if you're not somebody who has a mental illness, um, a really simple way that you can help is being really mindful about the language that you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, I still hear people referring to themselves as OCD because they like to have something organized, mm-hmm. um, which is not at, that is not representative of what it is like to have OCD and OCD is very much a spectrum. So it's kind of reductive to still have that term going around, um, or, or hearing people using the term crazy or psycho when there are other way more fun words that you could use like (laughs) absurd or bananas or just like straight up (laughs) fucked up like (laughs) there are a lot more things uh oh bonkers is another one of my favorites but (laughs) i think i think another thing that could go a long way is to just be open and available to people in your life who have mental illness and to let them share their stories without any sort of judgment or Mm -hmm. or without you trying to make it better 
Mm because at that point if I'm sharing about where my anxiety is at or my depression is at I don't need you to tell me to try and get me to calm down or tell me it's going to be good I really am just looking for an excuse to vent and and take a load off um you just need somebody to listen yeah fix your problem yes I I just need a witness I also (laughs) I also like if you ask me how I'm doing and the answer is not fine like I'm not doing great I also don't like that doesn't mean that I'm about to like dive off the deep end right Mm -hmm. yeah uh, because I do feel like um like I had a friend who she put up she's she's struggling with some infertility and like she was just really frustrated with it one day and she, i don't know she put something up on her instagram stories and then like three minutes later she took it down because she was like she texted me she was like because i know if my mother sees it then she'll be like oh my god what's wrong and like that's what you don't need it's that kind of thing where you're like how are you doing not great <gasps> oh my god like that right. that is not the reaction we're looking for <laughs> Right. I think that sometimes when people ask me how I am and I'll just say fine because I don't I don't want to get into that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's I easier mean, to say fine sometimes when you're it, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but uh I I think we could also do pretty well to normalize having negative answers to that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me say that I'm not doing okay without you having to check in on on me and uh I, I i think it i think when you make a big fuss over somebody who is just sharing that they're having a rough time mm-hmm. uh it can do more harm than good yeah. uh it mm-hmm. can cause that person to not actually share how they're feeling with you because the last time they did it they got an over-the-top reaction Especially if you have anxiety and then it's just going to prompt your anxiety because then you're thinking about how that person's going to react and not about your actual problem that you need to be dealing with itself. Not that I've ever been there or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Not that this is from personal experience. A friend told me (laughs) that this might happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... We know that finding a community can make all the difference for someone who's struggling, be it with mental health or infertility or any number of other issues that we've talked about before. What are some resources for anyone who's struggling with mental health or with finding people in their personal lives who understand? Uh, That is a really good question that I don't feel 100% qualified to answer on my own. Uh, well, then what are some resources that maybe have been helpful for you or people that you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, if you are somebody who is struggling with mental uh, mental health issues, please, 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 please tell at least a few people, tell one person in your life about where you're at. Um, I, I know it seems like a really rough conversation, and when you're there, it doesn't feel like people are wanting to listen to you, but just having one or two people that can be a jumping off point for your support system is really going to set you up for success. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then really just take the leap and try and find some mental health providers near you. Um, It is terrifying trying to navigate mental health in this country. Mm -hmm. It is especially terrifying to do that when you're already needing mental health resources. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Um, if you're not somebody who is struggling with mental health issues, um, you, you can absolutely support people in your life by just listening to them as we talked about. Um, if you're looking to donate, the Trevor Project does wonderful work with LGBTQ plus youth who are struggling with mental illness. Mm -hmm. uh, there is also the AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, they put on the Walk of Silence where uh, it's to raise awareness for suicide. Um, and then if you have somebody that's in your life that is struggling with mental health and you want to learn more about how to support them, just Google what they've shared with you about themselves mm -hmm. and do some research on what they're struggling with. If your friend has panic attacks, go look up what it is like to have a panic attack and try to imagine what that experience feels like. Because the more you educate yourself on that and the more you try to empathize with, with those people, the better equipped you'll be to support somebody. Absolutely. We talk about that a lot. Um, I talk about that a lot with like adoption and infertility that, you know, when, even if those are not things that are touching your life directly, if you educate yourself on those topics, you can be a better friend and loved one to the people around you who are struggling with those things or are dealing or directly touched by those things. And I think mental health is definitely one of one of those areas. Like, you also I also think that it's it's important that we note that just because you don't struggle with your mental health now doesn't mean that there might not be something that happens in your life that triggers something for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe you go through a trauma and you find you find yourself struggling with your mental health after that point. Like there's, you know, not to be like all doom and gloom or something, but like, I think we just all, all of us understanding what, you know, aspects of mental health is important for ourselves and for our loved ones. Absolutely. And if you're a parent, I feel like it's like quadruply <laughs> important. <laughs> My child is eight months old. I'm already like, I want to understand these things so that I can be a better parent for her as she grows up. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to learn on that front. <laughs> I wanted to uh, pop in one more resource. Um, uh, it's a group called NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. They do a lot of work, do a lot of education and advocacy, and um, they have local chapters all over the country. So it's a really good resource if you are looking for something near you. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. We, appre we appreciate you, and we appreciate <laughs> you being here. We've wanted to have you on for a while, actually. We have. I know. I was so excited when I finally got the invite. I, I, <laughs> I, he had just been waiting by his mailbox for his invitation to arrive. So. Every week I would check my email, and then I would let out an <laughs> exasperated... <sighs> Maybe next week. Now you're among the chosen few, Alex. I'm actually really, really pumped. Um, I, you've had 
several of our coworkers on here before, and uh, it, it's been really nice to get to hear their perspective as well as they're they're sharing that side of themselves with them uh, that I don't necessarily get to see uh, working with them. So it it has it's, been very it's fun, fun for us too. Yeah, it's so fun for us to talk to people that we interact with on a daily or semi-daily basis um, in one capacity and to like dive into a passion of theirs that may or may not be at all connected to their work life so it is because guess what we're people outside of work what (laughs) i don't think that's allowed in the capitalist society craziness (laughs) crazy crazy talk (laughs) don't tell anybody that i haven't been working for the past 10 weeks Anyway, <laughs> she's so, gonna leave people. It's fine. It's fine. I'll be back to work soon. It's fine. So it let's let's lighten things up a little bit and end the end the the day with some joy. So Alex, what is making you happy this week? <laughs> um, that feels like a very loaded question on election <laughs> week <laughs> when we're recording this, the Monday of election week. Yeah, we very um, sweet guys. We normally record on Tuesdays, and we were like, "No, we're not recording <laughs> on election night." Oh God, no! It would not have gone well. Uh-uh. Yeah, I I'm very glad that we've made this accommodation because um, <laughs> we all would have been so like Xanax to hell. Yeah, we wouldn't have understood anything we were talking about. Well, speaking of, I mean, that was going to be my answer for what's making me happy this week. I was going to say Xanax because <laughs> thank God. Um, but, but in all seriousness, my, my real answer for that question is I've been saving the last season of Schitt's Creek specifically for this week. This was my plan so that I can just ignore all of the coverage that I can't affect the change of. I've already voted. I've already (laughs) really done what I can right now. And I'm going to hunker down and I'm going to watch the last season of Schitt's Creek and cry a lot. Oh, you're in for a treat. It's so wonderful. I'm so happy for you that you get to to read, like, you get to experience it for the first time. Do you want to live vicariously through me? I could just, like, text you as I'm watching it, just live, live blog it to you. Absolutely. Yeah, we need the, I've already watched it twice, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, we've, we've been through that, like, texting each other about, about it, but. It's just so great. I love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, what's bringing you joy? Uh, So last weekend was Halloween. Mm -hmm. And it's a little confusing because I am pretty sure that trick-or-treating was canceled here. It like was and then they uncanceled it. It's very confusing. (laughs) Either way. And then they just discouraged it. Like you can go. And these are the hours when you can go, but you really shouldn't go. It was weird. Well, nobody seemed to really be doing it in our neighborhood anyway, and I also told my kids it was canceled, so <laughs> it was fine. They didn't really care that much. I bought candy at the store, and they got their candy anyway. <laughs> uh, but so they watched movies in the basement, mm-hmm. um, and I watched Holiday and Emma <laughs> yeah, eating ice cream on Halloween with all the lights off in my house, and it was amazing. <laughs> Yes, I love it. 
And then also, I think you were watching it at the same time. I was texting, watching Holiday at the same time as I you. was invested in it, so I didn't do our normal, like, when we watch the horrible movies, it's where true. we text each other through the whole thing. It's because it wasn't horrible. It was so no, it was good. cute. So I didn't yes. have, like, anything catty to say about it. I did not. It was very it enjoyable. It was really cute. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Two um, thumbs up. Yeah, I I was gonna say that Christmas movies are bringing me joy because <laughs> I busted out the Christmas movies. I busted out uh, the uh, I cleaned out the DVR of like a bunch of crap, old crap, and I've been recording them. And my husband is kind of a Scrooge, and <laughs> the other day he was like looking at something on the DVR, he's like. Who's recording all these Christmas movies? Because there are some people that do not live in our home who have our our Dish Network login, and sometimes they record stuff. <laughs> Who's recording this? I was like, uh, your wife. Your wife is recording the Christmas movies. And he was like, oh. I mean, was he not paying attention that I was at your house and we watched Christmas movies in the a row? Two movies in a row? I, he must have thought we were just watching them on the tv i don't know i don't know bless his heart so (laughs) but i was like it's me i have been watching them since like the week before halloween i have zero shame about it It, it's just the coziness that i need right now yeah and also i you know you just need fifteen thousand wreaths on the wall oh my god right yes take a shot every time you see a wreath oh That's we will be we will be covering this. We talked about holiday movies last year, but we obviously cannot skip it again. No, we're, so we're going to talk about them again later, and we're going to have a, a, a special guest on for that. It's so stay tuned in a couple weeks for that. I will say yes. one additional bonus joy since you brought up the hol- the Christmas movies and stuff. Yes. But the fact that I was able to go to your house and hang out and watch movies it was pretty great. It was pretty awesome. That's pretty good joy and, that I can just go to your house. And Royce, <laughs> I'm our German Shepherd, he like snuggled up and like laid his head in your lap and was like all about Aunt Megan snuggles. It's true. Yes. The jury is out on whether I'm allergic to him though. Shh! So, don't tell him that. It would really. Well, you already through. don't. You already don't want him kissing you on the face. If you can't snuggle with him, he'll just be he, even more depressed die. than he already is. <laughs> get that dog a xanax um <laughs> i actually have i have thought about the doggy xanax before i but, you know. like straight up hodor is on a prozac prescription for anxiety like it's it's not just for humans dogs can get it too yeah i if i was not working from home every day my dogs would absolutely need it because they are definitely oh. a little yeah bless their hearts but <laughs> since we're home all day it like definitely helps but yeah, they're they're um, they're special. They're special. It's okay. We, we love, love them. them very much. They're very very sweet. <laughs> so next week we're going to be talking about holiday shopping, but with a twist. That's right, because I am extremely nerdy. I've got some things to ta- say about the exciting exciting topic of supply chains. <laughs> Until then. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon. <laughs>